Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-founder, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast, The Kevin and Fred Show, where once a week we bring to you a expert interview. Every single Monday, we interview one of the brightest and best in the world, usually in, in the real estate space, sometimes in technology, sometimes in entrepreneurship, sometimes just in forward thinking. The things that are going to help us learn to move forward are the things that we're interested in bringing to you on this podcast, so we don't keep it limited limited to just real estate agents. And I think you'll find that really valuable if you've been listening or if you're a new listener, all in the same. We also bring you once a week something we call industry headlines, which is a look at what is going on in the real estate world, what's happening in the mortgage space, what's happening in the technology space. Bring that to you in a short form, 10, 15 minute podcast at the most once a week on Wednesdays. We're also a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate and mortgage podcasts. Check out that app in the app store. Again, that's industry syndicate. And if you would, please do us a favor. Please, please, please leave us a review, download, subscribe, share an episode with a friend. We would love it. There is no better way to say thank you, except for maybe a real estate referral because we are, after all, real estate agents and we love real estate referrals. We're based in the Phoenix area and would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to the Kevin and Fred Show. Hey guys, Kevin here. I'm so excited about today's episode. My friend Katie Klesitz joins us on this week's episode of The Kevin and Fred Show. And Katie is going to share her, I guess, kind of unique story. Um, I had initially asked Katie to come speak at our annual conference called Next Level Agents Live, or NLA Live, as I like to call it, this past um, April. But as you can imagine, that was canceled with this year's weird ass events. And so instead, I got her to agree to come on the show here. And Katie, if you don't know her, first of all, she's just an amazing sweetheart of a person. And we got to talk about a few things. So Katie shared her story about how she kind of got into real estate on her own terms, um, how she's built what's really a massive rental portfolio at this point and kind of even what her goals are when it comes to this. She's talked a lot about her real estate investing strategy that's helped her. Um, just for context, she's got 52 homes, uh, or, or I should say added 52 homes in the last year. Um, and she's been able to take what she knows and build a team and effectively scale a process around what she knows best, which is how she's been able to scale her portfolio so fast. So she also shares with us in this conversation, like the bumps and challenges in the road of like going down this path. And she certainly, you know, didn't shy away from that, which I love. Um, she's also shared some advice for anybody who's looking to become an investor and kind of following her footsteps. And then finally, um, I asked her this question because it's important to me uh, because I don't think it's talked about enough in our industry, but I asked her what it's like building this big business uh, and being a busy mom. Like, in fact, one of her children walked in on the interview and if you're watching the video, you'll see him just kind of hanging out on the couch in the background for a couple minutes and uh, Katie managed to not lose it. I, we didn't edit it out uh, because it's real and it's what happens. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode of the Kevin and Fred show with my friend, Katie Klesitz. All right, we're back on the Kevin and Fred show. And today I'm joined by my friend, Katie Klesitz. Katie, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Kevin. <laughs> I am so glad you're here. So first, I got to set this up. So first of all, 
if any of you recognize Katie's name, you know that her husband was on was on the podcast uh, in the past, and he's done a few uh, webinars for us inside Next Level Agents. He's become a really good friend of mine. But I've I've sort of known Katie longer, although I also kind of know Frank longer. There's a story to that. <laughs> you knew us separately. <laughs> separately, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, like I just want to tell this part of the story. And then <laughs> then, we're, then we're going to get into your part of the podcast, Katie. Perfect. Um, so Katie is originally from the Phoenix area as well, where I am and um, involved in real estate probably your whole life, right? Because your parents have been in real estate probably since before you were born, I'm guessing. Yeah. My dad actually got his real estate license when he was 18, but, um, it's kind of just in my blood. It's I, my first job was at a Keller Williams office working a front desk when I was 14. <laughs> that is so awesome. And, yeah. uh, for those of you who don't know Katie's father, it's Scott. His name is Scott Agnew. If you're from Phoenix, you know, Scott, he's got Arizona license number 0005. So he's, he's been in real estate for a minute. Super good guy. <laughs> you know, Scott, if you're in real estate around here. So Katie and I, like we had never been in person, but we just, I know her, her mom and dad really well. Like, and her mom is maybe the nicest person on the planet. And, <laughs> She's awesome. Right. And so we kind of know each other. I remember actually one time I was looking at a house you listed in Tempe for myself personally. I was thinking about buying it myself. Oh, really? Yeah. It was down uh, right across the street from where I used to live, right off of Warner and Kyrene. And so and maybe it wasn't Pecan Grove. I forget the name of the community at any rate. <laughs> so Katie and I go way back kind of, but then I meet her now husband, Frank, who, and I'm like, I don't know how I didn't put the two together. Like I knew you had gotten married, but I didn't realize you married Frank. And so <laughs> Frank and I are talking the first time we'd ever spent any time together. And he tells me, he's like, oh yeah, my father-in-law, Scott Agnew. I'm like, wait, you're married to Katie? <laughs> and so anyways, all that. So I hope I haven't bored everybody because Katie's amazing uh, and you're going to want to hear the rest of the story. But so Katie, you've been in and around real estate literally your whole life. Yeah. Like I actually kind of fought it too, if that makes sense. Like I started working at a real estate uh, office, my dad's office in the East Valley when I was like 14, like working at the front desk. And I kind of worked there on and off all through like high school and college and after college, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go try like getting a real job, <laughs> like not selling real estate. <laughs> and I kind of did that on and off, you know, for a couple of years. And finally I was like, what am I doing? Like why? Like I kept kind of gravitating back towards real estate. So I finally got my real estate license. I think it was like 24, 25. And um, that was, what year was it? Like 2010, which is when I finally decided to go get my real estate license. And I just, um, I did that for a couple of years and then I met Frank and let my license go in Arizona, moved to San Diego to have babies and get married and, you know, be a stay at home mom dream. for a while, <laughs> live the dream. Yeah. Was for a stay at home mom for a while. And after a couple of years of that, I was like, my brain is going to like absolute mush. I'm like, I can't think straight anymore. Like time to get back into real estate but I didn't want to be a traditional real estate agent because I wanted to like be in control of my own time. And I didn't want, I also didn't want to build a real estate team in San Diego. And I didn't want to be driving buyers around on Saturdays and Sundays. And so Frank and I had a conversation and it was like, well, why don't you just like focus on, um, building like our residential, like real estate, um, rental port, you know, like our rental portfolio. And I was like, Oh, he's like, cause that's what you gravitated towards before when you were in real estate. And I was like, all right, sounds like a plan. 
and that's kind of what happened about a year ago. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm, yeah. you know, I'll never forget. It was about a year ago. I was sitting there in Frank's office in San Diego and we were talking and he was like, yeah, he was telling me about what you were doing. And I was like, what? I'm like, oh yeah. Like she wants, she's ready to be back in real estate, but not, you know, kind of not the traditional way. And I'm like, I was just thinking like, you guys live in San Diego. You're just talking about driving buyers around. I can't even imagine driving around in that, that traffic with, with the client and things like that. Yeah, it was just, and I, there was an appeal to it though. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, commissions here. Like, you know, you're selling a house for 750 to a million bucks. Like that's normal. And, um, so there was an appeal to it. So I actually went through all the licensing, like passed my test, did everything out here. And at the final hour was like, you know what? Like, I don't think it's worth it. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't the life. Like I started to really think about the life I wanted to live and it just didn't, it wasn't congruent, you know, with the life Frank and I wanted, I wanted to be able to travel and go places and go back and forth to Arizona and see my family. And I just didn't want to be tied down. So we, we shifted, we shifted. <laughs> you did, you did. And so, well, like, so let's talk about that. So you decided not to go back into the traditional real estate way of, you know, being an agent, the way you kind of grew up, if you will, in the business. So you, what I find fascinating is you decided to go into investing, which you just kind of talked about, but you started yeah. buying homes in Omaha, which isn't in San Diego. And right. <laughs> it's not in Phoenix either. So, or Tempe. So, I mean, where did that come from? So I have to kind of set that up a little bit because when Frank and I first got married, he owned five rental properties in Omaha and Frank's from Omaha. I was pretty familiar with Omaha with, because we, you know, we'd been dating and got married and we, I understood the Omaha market to an extent. Um, it was way more affordable than Phoenix or San Diego. Right. I also have family there. So it was kind of like, I, ha I had a little bit of a tie to Omaha, but mostly it was Frank. He started out with five houses when we um, first got married. He bought his first when he was 18. Um, crazy person. He's insane. So he decided, he's like, oh, I can buy this house. And he rented all the rooms and literally lived in the kitchen to get his like mortgage paid. But that was his first rental and we still own it, which is crazy. Um that's what the, I think then, all of the, uh, the, the kids these days call that house hacking or something like that. If I'm not Yeah. Mistaken. So, I mean, Frank started doing that when he was eight, 18, I think, or he was either 18 or 19 when he bought his first house. And that's when the lenders were doing crazy stuff with mortgages, you know? <laughs> and yeah. So he was able to, he was able to buy a house, but he rented out all the rooms so that he could, uh, so he could, um, own a home instead of paying paying rent to someone else. And it kind of just his whole, like, he just kind of fell in love with rental properties then and acquired a few more before we got married. And then after we got married, we started, we had a plan where we wanted to own 25 rental properties by the time we were 40. And our plan was to acquire one to two a year, traditionally off the MLS with 20% down after tax money. And man, that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like after tax money and we're like, brand new married, trying to build his business. And we have little kids and it was just going really slow, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. But we ended up last year, we had 15. So we, so that's um, good. That's a good start. That's good. Yes. Year. It was, it was so 15, we acquired those over about, I would say over 10 years, we acquired 15 and between the ones he had before me and when we got married and I'm so grateful we did that because, because of those 15, we had an LLC that had track record as landlords and 
um, property, like landlords, property managers. And we were making, I mean, we were making enough money in our little LLC with these, you know, with these houses. So it gave us um, some validity when we wanted to exponentially grow, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes, that makes total mm-hmm. sense. I, as soon as you said that, I like, I realized like, oh, okay, I get it now. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's part of the bigger plan. So, okay. So you, so tell me then like, then what you start, so you start buying homes. Um, you've got a track record now in this, in this LLC, what, like what happens next for you? So, well, what happened is we were having a conversation with one of our friends. He's like, oh yeah, I'm buying all these investment properties about a hundred last year. And we're like, wait, what? how did you do that? Cause we like, kind of, we knew that financially we were kind of in the same position where it was like, oh my gosh, how in the hell is he buying a hundred houses a year? And we're like trying to buy two, maybe three and how, like we can do this. So he kind of, he started talking to us about the Burr strategy and for someone like we've been in real estate, we've been around it, but this was like a whole new concept. Like I just didn't realize how simple it was, if that makes sense. So Burr is like, basically you buy a house, you renovate it, you rent it, you refinance and repeat. And the key there is buying this house 70% below market value or ARV, what it would be worth after you get it rented. Right. After you get it renovated and rented and stuff. So, so that way there's, you've got the, that way. So, and I'm definitely no specialist, but so that way, when you buy it at 70% of, of, of the ARV, you've got the money in there to renovate it, get it rented out, refinance it. And then now you've got the money to go repeat, right? Yeah. Well, you have built in equity. So you find a bank that will refinance the refinance the house for you. And instead of having to come to the bank with 20% down, they look at that 20% equity that you built into the house as kind of your 20% down payment. And um, I mean, all the banks are a little different. Sometimes they range between 70 and 80%, but that's for a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother uh lesson yeah. podcast webinar that could, I could spend weeks talking about how to that might be those. like a couple day workshop. Actually. Yes. But the concept is you have the built-in equity that you can then use to refinance. So you be, the idea is to basically be out of pocket $0 or you sometimes you get a couple thousand dollars back or sometimes you have to come to close with a couple thousand bucks. But for us, instead of having 20 or $30,000 down on a house to purchase it conventionally, we're able to maybe come out of pocket two or three grand per house, or sometimes we get money back depending on um, how our appraisals come back with the banks. That's awesome. So yeah. here's, so I'm going to thank you for like kind of slowing down and, and sharing that part with us. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to, I want to make sure we talk about, and maybe I should do this. Let me so fast forward me to today. Give me an idea. Like how many rental properties do you guys have that have you, do you have in your portfolio right now? So um, I have f- over like, I think 52 in Omaha. Whoa. Um, yeah. And that's just in a year with COVID. We didn't buy anything for like six months, which is crazy. Um, and then I'm also, I have a partner in Waco, um, where we basically partnered up and in Waco, we've purchased 28 properties in the last like five months. Okay. That's, that's huge. And here's to me, here's where the story really starts to open up. Like not necessarily just the partner in Waco, but what, what I've gotten from this is you, you guys, and granted, I know a lot more because I know you and Frank well and get to talk to you guys regularly. So, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit for the listener now. 
yeah. one of the things you've been able to build a team like this isn't if this isn't like you're just sitting there cold calling um oh you god know, people, i hate cold calling right this isn't how you do it <laughs> like you've actually been able to take what you know on how to identify properties and then kind of build a team and a process around it correct so my full-time job is basically meetings especially since i'm doing this remote like i'm doing this remotely um because it's an affordable market. Like there's no way I could be doing this at the scale I'm doing it in San Diego or even Phoenix, um, which are kind of like coastal, you know, I'd consider those yeah. like coastal markets. So it just really works in these Midwest markets. And we've built a team. I have um, callers in the Philippines that answer all my inbound calls and put everything into a CRM. And we use Zoho as a CRM that we kind of have built out um, for ourselves because these leads are expensive and we don't want to lose them. You know what I mean? So having that CRM to follow up, it's just like in a traditional, traditional yeah. business, real estate business, like we can nurture these people for six months to a year before they finally decide they want to sell us their house. And that's what it's a very long term play for us. This is not like, Hey, I get a call and I go out there and I buy their house. <laughs> There's a lot more to it. Um, but we have, and then I have a transaction coordinator, a project manager, and then I have people on the ground that go out to these houses and get video for me and meet with the sellers and present an offer like on my behalf. And they're employees of ours. Um, oh, wow. They are not licensed agents. They're employees of ours that go out, gather the information. And then basically, when I say present the offer, they basically just give my offer to the seller. They're like a conduit of me. Right. So they're, they're kind of hand because you're not licensed. They're not licensed. So it's Correct. just, uh, which mm -hmm. is cool and really smart. Um, you mentioned like the leads and they're, they're not, they're not cheap, right? No matter what you're doing, if you want to get kind of downstream Correct. leads, um, obviously something I know that is, that is at work in your household is marketing at a high level. So yeah, you guys have that, but tell me like, if I remember correctly, I know you guys are direct mail. Is it like Facebook and direct mails are major direct mail is definitely our number one, like number one way to get people to call us. And they're typically like, I mean, they're warm leads. Like, you know, we send out the direct mail and they, they raise their hand and say, Hey, yeah, I'm interested. Send someone out to give me an, give me a offer. We do use Facebook, but Facebook is um, the nurse, like nurturing those is a little bit longer and people on a whim will like say, Hey, yeah, give me an offer. And they're not really that serious yeah. on Facebook, but I've gotten some really good deals off of Facebook. Um, and Another thing that we do do is I have really good relationships with agents on the ground and I'm kind of like their cash buyer for listings that they don't want to put on the MLS. <laughs> so, um, cause I mean, as an agent, you know, the, like you go to a house and you're like, Oh, like you're thinking this is going to be like a great listing. And you walk in, it's a hoarder's house and the house needs $25,000 in work for them to get the money they need out of it, but they don't have the $25,000 to fix the house up. So I do have great relationships with agents that'll call me up and say, Hey man, like, do you guys want to buy this house? Like I'll just, I'll do it for a flat fee of anywhere from 1500 to three grand, depending on like the actual house and they'll represent the buyer and the seller and we'll happily use a licensed agent in those situations. That's awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you this too, um, because so far we've hit some high, I mean, 50, over 50 uh, homes. First of all, like that's huge the way you've been able to grow the portfolio in a yeah. relatively short period of time. 
I mean, has it all been easy? Have you had some like bumps in the road or? Oh my gosh, of course there's been bumps in the road. I lost like $150,000 with a contractor. I tried to do a big deal with a partner that didn't show up with the funds, you know, at at the final hour. And I've learned a lot, you know, in the last year, but, and there has been, there's definitely been some pitfalls and the biggest thing I think is that I could give anyone the advice on is like the contractors, you know, making sure you have like a cost plus agreement with your contractors. Also, once again, a total, like a freaking weekend lesson on how to, how to do that. But con the biggest, I would say the, the biggest challenge or the biggest, um, place to lose money is not having things in writing specifically with contractors or partners and for me, I'm like, I'm a very trusting person and I'm kind of like, oh, well, if they say this is what they're going to do, like, that's what they're going to do. And I forget that not everyone is like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? As it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. As it turns out, like, um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely had hit some big bumps in the road, but because of those 15 rentals I had before, um, I kind of started at third base, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, but that took us 10 years to get there. It won't take someone just starting out to, I don't think that long to get there. Um, but those houses, I had a lot of equity in those houses. And so I used the, that's how I got started is we used the equity in those houses, have the buying power to go out and, um, go out and purchase all these other houses. And we have some relationships with some really good family friends and, Um, my aunt actually loaned me the money on the first house that we bought cash. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was kind of, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking, you know, borrowing money from like a family member, but she lent us $168,000 on our first house that we bought still the most expensive house I've bought to date, but like, which is crazy. Um, and I paid her interest payments on that monthly. And she's like, this is great. Like she loved being a hard money lender. Like she had never, she'd never done it before. And she comes, she came from the corporate world and had retired and had all these, all this money and was like, what do I do with it now to like make more money? Cause she didn't know, like she, it's funny. She comes from the corporate world and didn't know exactly like what to do with it. And she's like hard money lending is where it's at, man. You know, like she loved it. So it was a really an unlikely, I didn't think that she would be interested in that at all, but she had the funds, liked her 10% a month, like uh, interest check. And she now still, I still borrow money from her occasionally because she loves her interest payments and it makes me happy to like give her her interest payments. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, let, yeah. let me ask you this because um, you you grew up around big thinking people, like your, your parents think big, they've yeah. built some really amazing businesses. Um, you know, you, you grew up around Gary Keller in a lot of ways too, even though not in the same city, like you don't, you don't, oh, his, yeah. you don't grow up, the, you don't have the life that you had have had without like starting to think big. So like, what's the big goal here? Like, okay, great. You're buying houses, but like, what are you really after? You know what? That's a great question. Cause it kind of keep, keeps, seemed, it keeps evolving. <laughs> I bet. Um, if you would have asked me this time last year, it was like, okay, we just want to get like a hundred. We wanted to own $14 million of real estate in, um, in Omaha, because Frank and I wanted a million dollars a year in retirement income was kind of what we were thinking. So we worked backwards from that and it worked out to about $14 million in real estate or 140 houses, 
which basically is like $140,000 a month, but we allocate 40% of that for vacancies, repairs, and it works out to $84,000 a month, basically nets us almost a million dollars a year. So that was us a year ago. Well, now it's like, okay, well, we can do that in Waco. We can do it in Omaha. Let's do it in some more markets. So our goal is to have eight markets that we do that in with partners, um, friends of ours or people that we, you know, that we really want to work with and be in business with and help them grow, especially real estate agents. Like some of our friends in real estate, they help all these other people become wealthy in real estate and forget to freaking work on their own retirement plan. Yep. And so that's kind of our partners in Waco. They are highly successful, like real estate agents run amazing real estate teams and didn't own any rental properties of their own, but had all this cash and the ability to finance this. And our goal with them and Waco is to buy 150, 100 houses to 150 houses there next year and just keep rolling and help them build, you know, build their rental portfolio. So I'd like to do that in about eight affordable markets with friends or people, like-minded people, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. That, is so, that is so cool. So uh, I won't do the math on that right now, but that's gonna be a lot of money, by yeah. the way, when you guys accomplish <laughs> that. So, which I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear that you've got like a really big goal that uh, is something way beyond uh, what most people think about. You know, you mentioned something a few minutes ago about starting at third base and um, but I, I want to go back to that for a second, because that what I don't think can be overstated is there's, we all know what like compounding interest is, right? You know, you put yeah. your money in the bank and we, we know how that that works, but I think the same is also true in business and in knowledge, right? And in experience where, yeah, you only had, his, you know, had five or 10 properties at first. And then, but the amount of knowledge that you have from having those properties for a couple of years, in, in that case, a decade, right? You really actually does add up. And you also were on third base from a understanding real estate business, even though it was new to you, get into the investment game. And I, I think that- Oh yeah, people, I wish I would have had a degree in banking before I did this. Right, well, <laughs> yeah, you have one now. Yeah, you basically. Basic, you basically have one now, but I think what happens is people go, they hear the end of your story where you're at of like, hey, cool, it was gonna be 140 homes in Omaha, but now it's like, now we're gonna do that in eight different markets and they wanna fast forward to that part, but they overlook the fact of, once you get the first property and then the second property, and maybe even the first five after a couple of years, you're yeah. actually way on your on your way. And Fred and I were talking about this in a in a business that we, that we own together is like, you know, let's just use money because we all like to make money on some level. It's at least part of the goal, right? The first million might take this amount of time. Yeah. But that second million might only take like this small sliver of it, or maybe it just takes half. But and the whole thing is like this all starts to compound over a period of time. Yeah. And you have to start somewhere like I wouldn't obviously recommend people going and doing what we're doing. Like we're spending eight to $10,000 a month on marketing, but we had the bandwidth and the ability to do that. Like if you're just starting out, like don't spend $10,000 a month on marketing, like find your first deal. Like we call it in the investment world, like bird dogging, you know, like go drive through or driving through driving for dollars, go drive through a neighborhood, leave a note on someone's door and say, Hey, would you like a cash offer on your home? You know, or send out a handwritten letter. Like you can do a lot of this yourself to get your first deals, you know, under look on the MLS. That's something else we do. Like we'll look on the MLS and uh, make offers on houses that have been on the market for 90 to six, 90 days to six months. And we'll make an offer at 70% below what they're asking. And sometimes they take it. 
you don't know what there's what situation they're in, but just start with one and you don't have to have cash up front. You can still buy it, con like buy it conventionally and then refinance and pull that 20% back out. So there's lots of ways to go about it. Get a home equity line of credit to buy your first one. You know, if you own your home, like, but just start, a, just start with one. Yeah. Don't overlook basically what I'm hearing is like, don't overlook the first, don't overlook like what might be seen like an easy one or, or a small amount, but actually go like, go get it, go accomplish that. And then now you can go on to number two and then you can go on to number three. Yeah, I think, and I, I totally, and I think um, some people have a hard time investing like remotely. Um, but I think if you, I think that if you, um, you can either like invest, you can still invest in your market. Like for example, like my parents would prefer buying houses in 85284 in Tempe for their rentals because they're close and that's what they're comfortable with. Um, but then like, if you find a really good property manager in these areas that you want, you know, that you want to buy in, in the Midwest that are affordable, you can still buy houses in these more affordable markets with a good property manager totally. that has it's a good all, camera. <laughs> that has a good camera. A it's all about the team, right? Like you Correct. still have a team. Um, and or partner with an agent, you know, partner with an agent that understands investments. Totally. By the way, I love that real life just happened right now. <laughs> Your son just like walked in randomly, just laid down. He's like, I'm just, mom's just on, on she's doing something. But I'm just going to lay down back here. Oh no. Um, I'm surprised he didn't start yelling, mommy, how I do you love, get the Nintendo to work? <laughs> I love it. Like, you know what? The, so that's funny. Cause now I want to change my next question. Cause it totally yeah. made me think of something I was going to ask of like, I was going to ask and give me some tips for, for like maybe someone new starting out, like what are a couple of things they could, they, they should think about, but I want to change that a little bit. I want to talk specifically to something more unique. You're a kitty, you're a mom, you're, you were in real estate, but then you took time off. Like you guys started your family. You've been supporting Frank and his business for a while. And I think a lot of people, a lot of females, and I'm going to speak specifically to, to females because they have the way society is set up is like, well, you're a homemaker or you're the, or maybe you're a, you're a working mom, or maybe you're not like you went and you, you did what you had to do to start your family. And then you decided I could start something, even though I I'm still like, you're still very much nurturing your family. Like talk to the other moms out there, or maybe just other females who think real estate investing isn't for me or running a business isn't for me. What would you say to that person? You know what? Like it's, crazy that you asked that question. Cause I think I still struggle with it. I still struggle with the balance. Like it's kind of always ongoing. And there's certain days where I feel bad that I'm like, Oh my God, I have a fire I have to put out and I have to focus on it. And I'm going to miss the kids soccer practice, but I'm really fortunate that I do have some help with the kids, especially during COVID, you know, I have, and my family doesn't live here. So, you know, we had to, we hired someone to like help us with the kids. And she's kind of like an extension of me, which gives me a lot less guilt, if that makes sense, because totally. she's amazing. I mean, if we're on vacation, the kids are like, when can we come home and see Veronica? So that makes, you know, like that makes me really happy, but it was a challenge. And I still, I still struggle with it on certain days, but, and I struggle with sometimes I want to work more than be with the kids, you know, and sometimes I want to be with the kids and I want to not work, but I think it just depends on at that moment, which is a little more high priority, priority, which needs you more in that moment. And you kind of just juggle them and you balance them. And at the, I'm really grateful too, that Frank's always super supportive. And he's like, I don't know how you do it. What do you need? Like, let's figure out, let's get you what you need to like, make sure that you can keep doing this and still be a good mom. And 
Um, I think part of it is we work from home too. So the kids still see us a lot. We're still around and we'll take time off in the middle of the day to like, I took Michael to the park this morning, you know? And um, so we take time off to do that type of stuff, but it is a balance and you just have to know that it is going to, it's not going to be easy. It's not, it's not something that just, I think comes naturally to someone that is super nurturing and wants to take care of their family. But I look at it this way as I'm doing this to build wealth for our family. And that makes me feel good about myself. It's kind of what I needed. You know, I needed to feel like I was contributing and more so than just being a, just being a stay at home mom. And I say that very, like there, there is no such thing as just a stay at home mom. (laughs) Like they do so much. And, um, I couldn't do it. Do you know? Like I realized I was like, I needed to go back to work. Like I needed that for myself. And I had guess like the right, I had to be a little selfish, I guess, to go back to work. Um, if that makes any sense. It does. <laughs> and sorry, like, I know I threw you a curveball, but the, no, the, it's fine. The, the truth is, I think you, the last couple, like two or three minutes there were super, super powerful because I think that's something that are not, not enough women talk about, or they're ashamed of because they have the similar feeling. And the fact that you just, you just laid out 30 minutes of, of a ton of value on how you are building this massive real estate empire. <laughs> and then you just shared the, some of the things that you're insecure about and some of the things that I think some people, they, they see someone like you, Katie, who has built something really great already and has aspirations for something even bigger and just assume you have your shit together and that real life doesn't oh show up. Oh my God. No, real life shows up every five freaking minutes. Right. I know. And- Which is why I love that. Like, he, like, I love that he just walked in right there while we're recording and you kept going. Like you didn't throw You didn't let it throw you off. I was going to tell you that we could pause and edit it out, but I really was like, I want to just see how this plays out. So sorry. That was like my little game going on in the back of my head. No, it's fine. But I, the biggest thing is like, I don't have it all figured out, you know? And I think sometimes I struggle like watching these women on these podcasts and they talk about how they're like, they're so sometimes on, they're like so intense and they're so like, Hey, this is how, like, I do this, I do this, I do this. And I'm like, Hey, can we talk about real life? Cause real life still freaking happens. And it does. It really happens. And you just have to kind of roll with it. And sometimes, yeah, my team can't get a hold of me for two hours and they have to freaking figure it out because <laughs> yeah. I have to be a mom. <laughs> it is. Well, th- that stuff really shows up. And I, what I hate, and this isn't just like, this is just the industry overall, um, is that we put, we put something, someone on stage and it looks a certain way, but it's like a very narrow view and it's not real life as to what's really going on in their business or in their life. It's like, it's like looking, it's like imagining all, all people look like the models you see in a magazine or on a website. Like it's it's not, that's not how it shows up. Like, no. I mean, Kevin, Uh, this is the first time I've done my hair in like a week. This is awesome. (laughs) I love it. I feel so honored by the way. (laughs) But no, I just, I really, I think it's really important to talk to women about it and let them know like, Hey, like you can just start somewhere. It doesn't have to be this big old thing. And yeah, like even though I'm doing these, I for, like, I forget how big it is till someone like asked, like you would ask me how many houses we own. And I'm like, wait, wow, I did that. Like, I kind of forget. Cause I'm so in it all the time, just like with the kids and with work. And it's nice when someone asks me and I can sit back and I'm, I'm like, oh, I actually did accomplish that. That's kind of, that's kind of crazy. Like I did that. Wait, how, how did we do that? I don't even know, but somehow it's working. It's badass. It really is. And that's, that's seriously, it's one of the things I love about you just like as a person is you're just, you're just sort of you like, here I am. uh, And you're super fun to be around, but you're also like, 
yeah, it's hard. It's screw up sometimes. And, but then when you take a look at your accomplishments, like you, like you're building something really cool, really big. It's really important to me. I have two daughters. I want them. That's why this is really important to me. I want them to know that like you can do really big things and it doesn't matter how you, you know, society teaches it's supposed to look, it can look however it's going to look. And so I love that you're doing this. I love that you're sharing with other people. I love that you're real. Um, so thank you for, for sharing with us. Seriously, it means course. a lot. Of course, I loved it. <laughs> is there, before we wrap up, is there yeah. anything else that like I should have asked you or anything you're like, man, I really want to make sure I share this before we go today. I, I just want to reiterate like that if you guys do want to get into like the real estate investing game, like just start somewhere, you know what I mean? Start with one, like start with one. I mean, and it can be a house that you buy for $45,000 in the middle of freaking the Midwest that you put down, you had to put 10 grand into or 10 grand down. Like you don't need to have a crap ton of money to start, but start somewhere and don't, don't keep saying, Oh, next year. Oh, next year. Like figure out how to do it now because starting now it's, it, it's, it's exponential. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the first one's a little hard. It's like what you said about the million dollars, like the first million's hard, but then that second million comes a lot faster. So start somewhere, like, don't be afraid to, you know, take a little, take a little risk and like believe in yourself and know that you're, it's going to be fine. You know, like you're going to figure it out. And the cool thing about real estate is it's an asset. Make sure you have really good freaking insurance <laughs> on your houses. <laughs> Super important. Make sure you have a great property manager and don't be a slumlord. <laughs> Such great advice. Like, don't be a slumlord. Like we, something we do with all of our houses is we typically rent them about a hundred dollars below market. We get incredibly good tenants. We fix anything that breaks and our tenants never leave. So I never have vacancies. And then they refer all of their friends. Imagine like, that. Take, yeah, care, so, take care of people, be good to them. and it Yeah. Be back. good to them. Obviously there's certain tenants you have to get rid of because they're a-holes, but, um, but for the most part, be like, don't, I buy, I've bought a lot of houses from slum, like I'd call them slumlords because they don't have the money to keep, to fix up the houses. And those are kind of my favorite because the tenants are so grateful. They're like, oh my God, I have someone that's going to fix my AC. Oh my God. I don't have a hole in my roof now. I'm like, I can't believe you were living like this. Yeah. You it's know? crazy the way some people treat their tenants or their assets and just things like that. It's like, take care of them. Cause those tenants are taking, those tenants are in chart, basically your eyes and your ears of one of the biggest assets you'll ever own, you know, like why not take care of them so that they take care of your house. And yeah, there's nightmare stories about tenants, but for the most part, like even during COVID, all of my tenants paid rent. There was a few that were a little late, but they talked to us. We worked it out because they don't want to lose us as landlords. They they're like, where else are we going to go? You know? Yeah. And they worked with us to get, you know, like some of them lost jobs and they got government assistance that helped them, but we worked with them and all of our tenants are still there. And I mean, we freaked out. We, we took all of our money out of the stock market to pay our mortgages just in case like our tenants, you know, didn't pay. But fortunately we didn't have to use that money, which is very, very good. <laughs> yeah. That's but awesome. Hopefully that uh, helps. <laughs> I'll never forget. Maybe I'll share it another time on another podcast, but I was talking to Frank, like it's for me, it was like the day the world, like the day we realized shit, things are never going to be the same. Like something yeah. happened today. Um, I'll never forget. I probably talked to Frank for like an hour that day. We we're just like talking about all the crazy stuff going on. And yeah, we didn't know what was going to, what was going to happen then, uh, that, you know, back in early March. And um, it's so awesome to hear the way your tenants and the way uh, stuff has just continued to work for you. 
Um, before we sign it's an act off, of God. it's an act of God. I don't know. Like, take care of people. Like, they take care of you, Katie. Yeah. Like it doesn't surprise me at all. Like I'm not even a little <laughs> bit surprised. Um, what's if someone is, so if someone wants more information or they want to, I don't know if they can even learn from you or not. Like what's the best way if someone's just going, man, I really liked Katie's story. I want to learn from her or follow her. Where, where do people do that? You know what? Um, I probably should set something up like that. Frank's kind of like working on it for me because that's not really like Damn it, my Frank, forte. hurry that up. But if anyone wants to talk to me or has questions, they can always just email me directly. Um, do you want me to say it out loud right now or you want to? You can, or you know what? I've got it. I could put it in the like in the show notes so that people can grab it. Yeah, put it in the show notes, but it's katieclesets at Gmail and it's Katie, it's Katie with a Y. And go ahead, email me questions. I'll get back to you as soon as I can <laughs> at some point in time. But I have no problem talking to people about this this stuff. And I love talking to agents, especially in markets where um, the they're affordable, you know, and possibly going into those markets and learning about, um, you know, just, just learning kind of where they're at and what they're doing. So maybe if... Uh... Maybe there's someone out there listening that'll become a future partner one day. That would be awesome. Yeah, no, that'd be freaking awesome. I would, I would love that. So we have about, we have two partnerships right now in the works and one is in um, like Fort Hood, Colleen Temple area of Texas and the next one um, like Oklahoma city and Tulsa. So I'm really excited about those ones. So awesome. if we have any agents in those areas that ever want to sell us their houses, let, let me know. <laughs> Katie, Katie will buy them all. I will. I'll buy houses. them all. <laughs> She'll take all of the houses. All right, Katie, I've taken way too much of your time today. I no, super, it's awesome. super, super appreciate you doing this today. I'm glad we got the chat and uh, hopefully next time it'll be in person. I know, right? Maybe in December. We'll see you in December in we'll Arizona. <laughs> Drag that guy out here with you and we'll, we'll go hang out. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate it, Kevin. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Talk to you soon and we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, it's Kevin and Fred. Do you have a referral for us here in Phoenix? There are 30,000 agents here that you could send them to. Why us? Well, for one thing, we'll keep you updated and you'll never have to track down your commission. We'll also make you look really good to your client. And best of all, it helps us keep all this content free. So go to kevinandfred.com referral to make the introduction. We'll take great care of them. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.